It's a high-stakes election year, so it's not enough to just follow along. You need to understand what's happening so you are fully informed come November. Every weekday on the NPR Politics Podcast, our political reporters break down important stories and backstories from the campaign trail so you understand why it matters to you. Listen to the NPR Politics Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. This is a CBC Podcast. This morning, close to half a million public sector workers in Quebec are on the picket lines. An attempt this week by the provincial government to avert the labor action failed. And so now nurses, social service workers and educators are off the job for a week. They are joining another teachers union that is starting its third week of an indefinite strike. Marion Miller is one of those teachers. She teaches art at a high school in Montreal and she's on the picket line. Marion, good morning. Good morning. What is the mood like on the picket line this morning? Well, listen, it's our 12th day out on the picket line. You might hear cars honking in the background to encourage us. The mood is still good. We're very determined to make some important gains, um, even though the strike is dragging on, unfortunately, and the government so far has been unwilling to really hear uh, the needs of teachers. Why are you out on strike? It's a lot about the conditions in our classrooms. So, yes, there's a salary aspect. We want to catch up to inflation. We want to catch up to the Canadian average for teacher salary. We're still below the average. But it's really about how heavy the workload has become for teachers because of the underfunding, because of the lack of resources and services for students. Our classes just have become so heavy and we cannot meet student needs. Can you describe? People have stayed out. Sorry. I was just going to say, describe what that looks like in the classroom. Take me into the classroom. What does it look like? So I teach, for example, grades 7, 8, and 9, and sometimes I'll have 33 students, but almost half of them have a specialized intervention plan. So here I am trying to run after my 350 students total and then looking at all of these particular needs and which students need extra time to finish an assignment, which students need their technology tools. But it's just become so heavy on our backs and we just need more support. Tell me about the pay concerns as well. What, what are you looking for in terms of a salary increase from the Quebec government? We honestly just want to reach the level of projected inflation over the next five years. So that's something around 15 or 16 percent. So far, they've offered us 10. They've offered us 12. So that's really, you know, we don't want to become less well-paid five years from now. We want to at least keep up that rhythm and hopefully join the Canadian average for teachers. How do you think people in Quebec respond to that, that idea of a 15 or 16 percent pay increase at a time when when everybody is, is, is trying to make ends meet? Well, I think that the, the public really understands that we're struggling and we've been struggling Uh, especially since COVID, to keep schools open, that we've been doing a lot of work. I think parents and the public see that. And we have the situation in Quebec where the members of our Legislative Assembly just this year gave themselves a 30% salary increase. So I would say that people are pretty sympathetic to Mm. teachers asking for 15% over five years. What about, I mean, one of the things when a strike, and this, as I said, it's going into its third week, you're out indefinitely. Um, for, For parents and for families, that's a big disruption in terms of the lives of their kids, but also their lives. Somebody has to be home, for example, to take care of the kids. They may not be able to be at work. How much support do you think you have from those families whose, whose children are out of school? 
Yeah, absolutely. It's difficult for families. We really understand that. But we've been really feeling the support for families because parents see it as well. Parents see that their kids are going to schools where the infrastructure is falling apart, where the resources are not there. As soon as their child has certain learning needs, parents know that those aren't necessarily being addressed uh, in schools. So we've felt a lot of support from families. We hear honking horns, people bringing coffee to us on the picket lines. Yes, it's logistically difficult, but I think the public really understands that teachers are out without strike pay to try and make things better in public education. Can you tell me more about that? Why is it that you're not getting strike pay? It was a decision of our of our teachers union. It was a vote many years ago. Maybe it's something we'll reconsider in the future, but Currently, we're out without strike pay, and I think it shows our perseverance and our determination uh, that we're out 12 days now without that strike pay. You haven't been paid for 12 days. I mean, you're, how difficult is that? Again, life is expensive, and it's not as though the bills stop while you're out on strike. What does that mean for you? No, absolutely. I mean, luckily, we, we took the strike vote back in May, so we had time to prepare. The union was letting us know different ways we could be saving. They have kind of a loan program where they pay the interest if we take out a bank loan. So there are, there are accommodations that are made, but it's not easy. And there's there's lots of couples, for example, where both people are teachers. There's a lot of single parent families who are teachers. My partner is going back to university to retrain so it doesn't have a full income. So it's it's difficult for everyone. How long would you be prepared to stay out on strike, given that? I mean, I'm a, in my first five years of the profession, so I'm in that sweet spot where 25% of teachers leave the profession. So for me, it's really an investment for the rest of my career to say, I'm willing to stay out. I would stay out another two or three weeks if I need to, because I want to make things better for the next 20 years. I would love to stay in public schools another 20, 25, 30 years. And you can afford that? You could afford to stay out for another few weeks? I got I got ready before the strike. I knew it might uh, take a while to make the CAC government move, unfortunately. Why is it, you just said that 25% of teachers leave the profession in the first, what, five years? Why is that? I mean, I think we, we arrive in schools and we see just how heavy that workload is on teachers and just how underfunded schools have become. And it's just not something that uh, young teachers can carry that burden, unfortunately. So I think you, it really should be raising alarm flags. If, mm. if 25% of doctors were leaving, somebody would be looking into that. You're going to see hundreds of thousands of other, other public sector workers out on the picket lines as of today. What's the message yeah. that you think the government should take from the scale of this labor action? As I said, this is, this is one of the largest strikes in Canadian history. Absolutely. I think the government has to really look at what demands the public sector is making and start considering those in a pretty serious way because the common front also i think this is they're going into five and six and seven they've already been out early november on strike days i think the government has to listen when half a million public sector workers are out marion good to talk to you thank you very much thank you so much marion miller is a high school teacher in montreal as you heard from the honking horns out on the picket line in that city a coalition of Quebec public sector workers has joined together in what is being called a common front. This represents more than 400,000 public sector workers, and they say they'll be off the job for seven days starting today unless their demands are met. José Frechette is vice president of one of those unions. APTS represents technicians and professionals working in healthcare and social services. José, good morning to you. Good morning. Tell me about the common front and the workers that are part of this common front. What, what, I mean, I gave the kind of the, the, the very brief sketch, but what sort of work do they do? Well, uh, we represent 420,000 people working in health, social services, and education. So we have um, 
covering everyone in health and social services. So from nurses to uh, psychologists, lawyers, um, to also uh, educators. Uh, so uh, medical imagery, laboratories. So we have a lot of people we're rep representing and also education and the support in the education sector too. And so why are you out? Why are, why are those 420,000 people now out on the line? Well, because, you know, for the past 30 years, the public sector has been contributing to uh, the government uh, for the funding, for the government um, uh, funding and uh, problems. So they're always looking at the, the workers uh, when there's a problem with those problems with the budget. So it's been a long time when the, the pay raise hasn't been uh, up to inflation. So this time, it's time that we get our part of the share. And uh, like the teacher just said, um, they gave themselves 30% uh, percent raise. And they're just offering like they started with 10% and now 12%. Uh, percent. And it's not enough. Uh, life is expensive. And uh, people need more salaries. And also the working conditions. Um, people have been also working very hard during the pandemic. Uh, they've been uh, giving the services during the pandemic. Mm. And there's no recognition. It's like the, 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 the government, they were saying, Oh, our guardian angel during the pandemic. And right now, uh, it's like they forgot all the work that has been done and how they, uh, held up all the system, the public system during the, the pandemic. And right now the services have been given and the people are giving good services, but they've been like, uh, giving a lot of work and they've been, uh, working. There's a lot of overworked people. We asked to speak with Sonia Labelle, who is the Treasury Board President. She's leading the negotiations on behalf of the Quebec government. And her office declined our request for an interview. But have a listen to some of what she said to reporters yesterday. It's more than a billion dollars that we put on the table yesterday to find to uh, to try to find an agreement with them. So it's serious money. Uh, we have more than nine billion dollars now that's on the table to be able to reach an agreement with them. So now we'll let's let's discuss at the tables. Now I'll, I'll let the discussion there. As you mentioned, the government is offering 12.7 percent of a pay increase over five years. You've said that that's not enough. How big of a pay increase is the Common Front looking for? Well, we're asking for 21% for three years. 21% for three years. Yes. And also a mechanism to protect the purchasing power and a catch-up pay increase. Because, like, we need to catch up. Uh, we we got 6% for three years, the last uh, collective agreement. So there's a lot of catch-up because the raise and inflation is so high right now. So it's not enough for people. These salaries come out of the public purse. Um, what would you say to other people in Quebec who would hear a request for a 21% pay in increase over three years and might say they're not getting that kind of pay increase, but also they're worried that that might mean at a time when everything is more expensive that they would have to pay more in taxes to help fund a pay increase like that. What would you say to them? Well, you know, the government are making uh, choices. They're giving $7 million for uh, hockey practice for the King, uh, Los Angeles Kings. This is for, this uh, is for the, the Los Angeles Kings coming and playing in Quebec City. Exactly. So uh, choices are made. The money is there. We also made a choice a long time ago to have uh, good public services, health and social service, and also education. And there's a price to pay, but the money is there. They're putting some money in the Fonds des Générations, 
uh, that's a choice that the government is making. There's money also there. We had, uh, we prove, we have proven that it is possible and it's not like taking more money out of the pockets of the people or the population. There is a possibility, but the government is also giving a lot of money for the, um, the batteries, uh, for, for the, uh, um, electric factory. vehicles. Yeah, exactly. Right. Thank you. And, um, and, and every time we're talking about the public sector, it's always the same thing. They're always saying we don't have any money, but it's choices that has to be made. When they gave themselves 30% raise, uh, they found the money and they had the same arguments that we had to justify the raise. We, it's 78% women in the public sector. Uh, would uh, they do that to Sûreté uh, du Québec, police officers, judges? Uh, I don't think they would. Hmm. They would accept to do that. But every time we're talking about uh, the public sector, where there's a lot of women, it's like they, we don't deserve that much. Just, but just before I let you go, we are out of time. But there are what hundreds of thousands of employees who are out. And I mean, the point of a labor action is is to press a point and, and to make things uncomfortable so that the government comes to the table with a higher offer. But it's more difficult now for people to access health care. Schools are closed, and so parents have to scramble to figure out what they're going to do with their kids. How concerned are you about the impact on other Quebecers from what you're doing? You know, the Quebecers are really behind us. Uh, with health and social services, the, the, the services are still there. It's a bit slower, but people are getting the services. An emergency, they're getting like full services. So that they're not, it's not that big of an impact. You know, it's not like, as if we're closing the hospitals, people are getting services. Mm-hmm. Education, yes, they're closed. But we need to do that because we need to do that for the future. We need to do that. We're not only doing that for working conditions or pay raise. We're also doing that to protect our public system. Right. Jose, we'll leave it there. Thank you for talking to us. You're welcome. Have a good day. And you, José Frechette, Vice President of APTS. It's one of the four unions in what's known as the Common Front, which is out on strike as of today. 420,000 members out on strike. It's a high-stakes election year, so it's not enough to just follow along. You need to understand what's happening so you are fully informed come November. Every weekday on the NPR Politics Podcast, our political reporters break down important stories and backstories from the campaign trail so you understand why it matters to you. Listen to the NPR Politics Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Thomas Colomba is a professor of political science at the Université de Québec in Outaouais. He studies labor movements. Thomas, good morning to you. Good morning. Can, can you help us understand hundreds of thousands of employees are out on strike in Quebec right now. Why are we seeing this scale of a public sector strike in the province right now? Well, I mean, in some ways it's not new in the sense that public sector bargaining in Quebec has been centralized since the 1960s and the unions have been trying to form some kind of coalitions or alliance under different configurations since the, the 70s. What's uh, what's particular this time is the, the social political context. And uh, like your previous guest mentioned, the fact that inflation is putting a lot of pressure on public employees that adopted very strong mandates to, uh, gave very strong mandates to their unions to, uh, to 
go into industrial action to to press for that. Uh, the other element, obviously, is the post-pandemic context. Mm. This uh, idea that those workers have been considered essentials, including by the premier himself during the pandemic, uh, thanked a lot uh, in, uh, let's say, formal notes, but not necessarily in terms of wages. So they're basically saying, okay, now is time to really uh, take action to uh, to show your uh, recognition for the the essential side of our work. So this context is very particular and and probably explains a lot in the 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 strength of the current movement. How much support do you think? I mean, we heard horns honking and what have you, but how much support do you think those wage requests have among Quebecers? Twenty one percent over three years from uh, the Common Front, and what fifteen sixteen percent is the request uh, for teachers in terms of a wage increase? How much support does that have? among Quebecers, do you think? Well, public opinion polls tend to show that the the, the Quebec population is uh, quite strongly supporting the union so far. And the, the reason behind that is probably the fact that they understand that the Quebec government is not just any employer. He's an employer of reference. And uh, in that sense, what the public employees might get in terms of wage increase will have consequences for other workers outside of the public sector. But the other aspect is that public employees pay uh, at the provincial level in Quebec have been lagging behind private sector and other public employees at the federal or municipal level mm-hmm. for years. It's been proven time and time again by the uh, Quebec uh, Statistical Institute. Uh, the, its most recent study actually came out a few days ago, showing that this gap is actually even increasing now because including in the private sector, there has been some significant wage increase in the last few months, in particular due to industrial actions taken by other workers, uh, say in the auto industry or, or, other thec- or other sectors. So this gap between public employees and uh, other workers is, uh, is very well known by the Quebec public opinion and also explains the, the level of public support that they're getting. Jose mentioned, what, $7 million having to go to help fund the Los mm-hmm. Angeles Kings play uh, three hockey games or practices uh, in Quebec City. There's been outrage around that, right? I mean, how does that factor into something like this? And, and part of this is also the, the flagging popularity, if I can put it that way, of Francois Legault's government. Absolutely, the uh, the level of uh, unpopularity of the government right now is uh, is definitely a factor. The LA Kings uh, fiasco is just one of fiasco. several. This, <laughs> yes, I mean the, the 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 public reaction was absolutely uh, tremendous. The the the. The, it's just one of several decisions taken lately by the Lugo government that have been heavily criticized. Um, others in the, uh, like, environment has always been the weak point of this government. They've made uh, several very uh, contested decisions in the uh, around public transit lately. And also, like one of your previous guests mentioned, the, the, the massive subsidy gave to Northvolt, the uh, battery factory in the Eastern Township, mm. uh, lately. And we're here talking about billions of dollars, not millions like the LA Kings, also sends a message that there are political decisions made by this government that tends to favor companies over workers. And so uh, that's when it gives uh, arguments to to the labor side as well to say, well, there is money when you really want to find it, you are able to find it. So stop saying that this is only a question of uh, the capacity uh, of the Quebec government to satisfy the workers' um, claim, but also there are 
profoundly political decision. And the the, the unpopularity of the of the local government uh, lately is uh, definitely a factor in its capacity to negotiate. We're almost out of time. Let me just ask you what you will be watching for. I mean, when hundreds of thousands of workers are out on strike and teachers are out indefinitely, could you see, for example, back-to-work legislation to force people back to work? So the back-to-work legislation is always a legal option from the government, even if the context has changed since the Saskatchewan decision of the, Labor, of the Supreme Court. But right now, it looks as if the price, the political price to pay for a back-to-work legislation is way too high for the local government because precisely of the public opinion support. So I'm not saying they're not going to consider it at some point, uh, but it's definitely not an option that is coming as fast as it uh, used to be in previous rounds of uh, negotiation in the public sector. But it seems as though with this number of people out, um, the the momentum, if I can put it that way, um, is with those who are on strike. Yes, absolutely. Right now, uh, what we've been witnessing in the last few weeks, few months is uh, is definitely uh, on this side. And it is... uh, coherent uh, in some ways with uh, the, the context in North America with right now the resurgence of labor conflict, the resurgence of, of industrial action uh, that tends to show that workers are uh, pushing more strongly to get their fair share of profits and of uh, wealth distribution. I'm really glad to talk to you about this. It is fascinating. And as you said, it has resonance well beyond uh, the provincial borders. Thomas, thank you very much. Thank you. Thomas Colomba is a professor of political science at the Université de Québec in Outaouais. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.